Here we are. It is a Thursday. You know where we are. We are at Cavens Disaster Response Group, the very best in the business. We're here every Thursday. Plank is here, and then uh, we're here. Happy to be here, as always. They are the best in the business at what they do here at Cavens Water, Fire, Mold, uh, any kind of cleanup, any disaster response that uh, you hope to never have, but if you do have, you need to be thinking about Cavens Group. We'll have Gary on a little bit later. And, again, uh, they've got the best reputation in the business. You can call 405-573-3048 in the metro area in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Like them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Cavens, again, is the name you need to know. If you ever have an emergency, a, you know, a pipe burst during the winter, uh, fire damage, storm damage, be thinking about Cavens Disaster Response Group. Anything but a disaster yesterday, Parker, for the Oklahoma football team with the 2024 class, turned out to be very good. Overall thoughts on uh, signing day yesterday, Parker? Well, I will say this, Steely. Chris Plank is dead to me. Chris Plank promised to what? show up to the OU Insider Signing Day special last night, and then he was a no-show. So Chris and I are officially be- – no, I'm kidding. I don't I don't begrudge Plank. He's one of the busiest men in the business. But, yeah, it was a very straightforward signing day yesterday. All 27 of Oklahoma's pledges were inked by 11 a.m. Uh, we did the OU Insider Signing Day special at Larry McDonald's place. That's Michael Powers McDonald's father. Uh, Sooner Dackery over on Main Street got to talk with – Numerous Oklahoma signees, including the five-star David Stone himself. So all in all, a great experience yesterday. Much less drama and much less travail than some of the signing days in the recent past. Signing day has become a uh, a pretty easy task in some respects. And I know you guys are working uh, late into the night doing your show and everything. I'm not saying it's like a piece of cake, but compared to what it used to be when you were waiting on a phone call or on hold at a high school or something, completely different. It's one of the things that technology has actually made better. Uh, so yesterday, again, 27 for 27 for Oklahoma. And uh, their class, you look on rivals, they're number six, two, four, seven. Oklahoma's number eight. They're number eight on on three. And really, if you look at the ratings, uh, you're thinking about what? Where where you rank nationally, of course. But also, what about the SEC? And uh, basically, the way it breaks down is Oklahoma's class would be ranked behind Georgia's, Alabama's, Texas's class, and basically what I'm seeing, Parker, in the consensus is it's kind of Oklahoma and Auburn right after those three. It's crazy how much of a run Auburn has made the last few weeks, isn't it? Hugh Freeze and that staff have done some tremendous work. But, yeah, Oklahoma, as far as what they have assembled in that 2024 class, look, we've remarked on it throughout the cycle. There's just such balance. There is such depth. They pretty much filled every need on that roster even I mean, you look at the one conspicuous weakness, if you will, and I don't even really consider it a weakness because I trust that it won't be by the time the 2024 season starts. But offensive line is probably the position group that most Sooner fans are a little bit uncertain about heading into year one in the SEC. The Sooners signed five excellent offensive line prospects yesterday, headlined by the number one offensive guard in America, Eddie Pierre-Louis. And we did confirm it is Pierre-Louis. 
thank the Lord for this. Eddie Pierre Lewis just doesn't it, it doesn't sound right. Never did. Eddie Pierre Louis, the number one offensive guard in America, and the crown jewel of Oklahoma's offensive line class. Tremendous work across the board by this staff, by each and every assistant individually, uh, to help pursue and lock down what is, I think, top to bottom, maybe the best class lasts five, six years for Oklahoma. Just when you look at the overall quality and you look at the balance, there is no position group across the board where Oklahoma seemingly came up short. The 2023 class was really, really good, right? You got three five-stars, Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen, P.J. Adibawara. But the interior defensive line, that was a group, especially after Derek LeBlanc transferred. Many OU fans regarded the Sooners' 2023 haul at defensive tackle as something of a bust. Well, guess what? Not the case in 2024. You can pinpoint any individual position group across the board, and virtually nobody with their head screwed on straight would look at that position group and say, yeah, Oklahoma could have done better or should have done better. All right, we are here at Cavens Group, hour number one, presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113, 405-579-3113, uh, here on Steelman and Thune, and uh, we are working on our connection a little bit. It's it's uh, struggling a little bit. I may have to reset this during the break. Parker, hopefully uh, we can, uh, yeah, get it reconnected during the break and smooth, smooth itself out a little bit. So, uh, anyway, uh, interesting in that there there is a contingent of Oklahoma fans out there that uh, maybe are a little bit too worried about the SEC. Now, there is no doubt that it is going to be a much more difficult situation for Oklahoma moving forward in terms of battles on the field and battles off the field in recruiting. But, you know, and, and I don't know, does tradition mean much in college football anymore? Not as much as it used to, but it's still a thing. And when you talk about tradition, really, in this conference, the only school that Oklahoma takes a small back seat to right now is Alabama, historically. And that's because of Nate Saban's great run. Uh, George is going great right now, no doubt about it. Sark's doing a pretty nice job at Texas. They're in the playoff. But Oklahoma would have the second-best tradition in the conference. Now, again, how much does that mean with the modern-day athlete, with NIL and everything else? Probably not as much, but it still does matter. I found it interesting because, uh, you know, so, there are a lot of people out there, oh, Oklahoma, man, next Nebraska, good luck going 7-5, and five, you know, next year, whatever. And some of these are the fan bases that really haven't won anything, Missouri um, and others. But... Here's what Josh Pate, late kick Josh, had to say on his show the other day, and I think he's I think he's right. People are underestimating what's going on with Oklahoma and Texas moving to that conference. Here's Josh Pate uh, yesterday on OU and Texas going to the what SEC. What do you guys actually expect is about to happen here? I'm talking to SEC fans. I am not talking to a specific fan base. I'm talking to the crowd that chants SEC, probably because someone else is doing big things and your team's not good enough. What do you think? is about to happen to Oklahoma and Texas. Because if I didn't know any better, I would think that both of these programs just got tossed on a wood chipper with broken legs, and they're just awaiting the inevitable. And that is not what's about to happen, at least in my mind. It's not. 
This is not a situation where Texas and OU board the bus and immediately you just have to go all the way to the back and then work your way up. What's really about to happen is Texas and OU are going to board the bus, sure enough. They're going to get to about row two, three, four, five, somewhere around there. And then the driver is going to walk up to you and he's going to say, you're in their seat. All right, there you go. What do you think of that take from Josh Pate? No, it's true. Look, Oklahoma and Texas, I, I hate that we're having to have the same conversation about Texas going into the SEC as we are about Oklahoma, but I'll give credit where credit is due, and Steve Sarkeesian has made stuff happen down there. Texas is in a lot better shape as a program than they were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago. They're a program that's going to be competitive when they get to the SEC as well. But yeah, it's not as if – Oklahoma and Texas, with the staffs that they have in place, with the way that they have recruited and developed and scored big additions in the transfer portal, they're not going to show up into the SEC next year and instantly be floundering to stay afloat in matchups with the Kentuckys and South Carolinas of the world. And I think there is some truth, and I am far from the first to propagate this theory in this notion steely but i think there is some truth to the narrative the unpopular narrative that the sec once you get beyond the top tier the top three or four teams in the conference isn't that much better than the rest of the country alabama and georgia they carry the flag for the sec right now there is no question about that Once you get past Alabama and Georgia, I mean, it's a valid question. Is a program like LSU, for for instance, a second-tier team in the SEC, are they that much better than, say, a program like Arizona, a second-tier team in the Pac-12, or, I don't know, Louisville, a second-tier team in the ACC? Is the margin between a program in that vein in the SEC versus a program that's in a comparable spot in a conference elsewhere is the is the gap between overall level of talent and competitive ability that great between LSU and a Louisville or an Arizona or a Utah? I don't know that there is. So, yes, the SEC, it's a deep conference, and I think what makes it fun is that any given year – you have probably 10 to 12 programs that are capable of popping off, surprising people, winning 8, 9, 10 games. Nobody in the SEC, save for Vanderbilt and, to a certain extent, South Carolina, none of those those programs stay down very long. But again, I think there is some truth to the idea that the SEC is a little bit top-heavy and beyond the top tier, not necessarily the murderer's row, that it is made out to be across the nation by talking heads. All right, we're here at Cavens Group. Happy to be here, as always, on this Thursday. Let's take a quick break right here. I'm going to unplug and try and uh, get to reset this equipment, and hopefully we can get a little better signal going. You guys don't need to be hearing this all day, and hopefully uh, we can get this taken care of. Here at Cavens on a Thursday, Mike Steely, Parker Thune on the home of Sooner fans. Keep it right here. All right, we are back, and uh, the signal has improved vastly. 
we just went from uh, the instructional league to the majors again. I apologize for that, folks. It was a little shaky during that first segment. That man, that was amateur. I, uh, you know what? We just unplugged it, and uh, it's like the IT guy tells you. Did you try resetting it, restarting it? Yes, we did, and now it's working like a charm. But I need to cross my fingers. I need to cross my fingers. But apologize for a little of the uh, technical stuff we had going on in the first segment. We are here at Cavens Group, and uh, love being out here on a Thursday. Gary will join us a little bit later. If you have any kind of emergency issues, mold in your home or business, water damage, storm damage, they are the place to call 405-573-3048 or 918-282-7612 in Tulsa. Uh, Make sure you like them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They've got a lot of instructional videos and information out there for you that can come in handy, uh, so make sure you do that as well. Okay, uh, the cornerstone, so to speak, of this class, no doubt, David Stone, five-star defensive lineman, Dell City kid, went out to IMG. Uh, the Sooners had to sweat out a, uh, a commitment uh, from David Stone, which they got, and they inked him yesterday. And uh, let's hear from Brent Venables on what David Stone brings to this Oklahoma 2024 recruiting class. You know, David's tremendously talented, uh, but he's got a a lot of the right stuff that you want. And uh, everybody loves David that's met David. He's got a really endearing uh, leadership qualities to him. Uh, Humble, hardworking, tough, smart, really smart, articulate. He's a leader of uh, young men. Uh, Players follow him. Uh, You know, the uniqueness was, you know, that's a – over a two-year relationship with he and his family. So uh, you love that, being a relationship-driven program. Uh, you want it to be about that. For David, again, you know, it's probably one of the longest relationships that we've had. So um, he is a, a great leader, and, and guys will follow him. He's got a tremendous uh, respect in, in both in high school football uh, and in that circle, uh, the recruiting circle. So he'll have some influence there uh, along the way, and, but really excited. There you go. Now, you guys, OU Insider, you had him on your uh, recruiting show last night, recapping the 2024 class. You had How many uh, different uh, players did you have on the show last night? New signees. Oh, gosh. I think we ended up with nine, ten. We had a couple that had to bail. Ivan Carrion was finishing some stuff up for graduation. Uh, Jaden Hardy, I guess his phone died, so we lost those two. Jaden Jackson, we weren't planning on having him on the show, but he he, he was there. He showed up. Uh, so, yeah, I think, what, nine, ten, something like that. Anyway, uh, for three hours at Sooner Dacry over on Main Street, uh, we enjoyed chatting with a bevy of the Sooner signees. Closed it out, of course, with a conversation with the five-star himself, David Stone. Yeah, and I want to play some comments from uh, your conversation with David Stone last night. Uh, very interesting. And this is an excerpt from the show last night, which you can find at OU Insider and on their YouTube as well, where you had David Stone on. And you were also getting questions from fans here's an interesting exchange from the show last night because i was going to ask you a question but we got to get to our super chat questions they're piling up uh becca in the super chat asks other than texas what game for you is circled on the calendar next season hey i got a few games man alabama for sure is one i'm definitely like hey i gotta come you know ready for business that game 
that's the game, you know, I can showcase what I can really do at a high level. You know, Mizzou, I, I want them boys, you know, they've been they've been talking too much. I, I got I to gotta shut that down. You know, they've been doing t- too much talking on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm 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 a sooner man. I don't know where this this delusional stone and Mizzou thing came around from, but hey, I'm I'm shooting it down. It's the Williams Winery stuff. I think that yeah. that all that all is where that yeah, started. Let, let's go ahead and shoot that down right now, man. I'm uh, all in, man. I'm all in to the program right there. David there you stone, go. sooner, sooner nation. There you go. And the OU fan base that uh, has either seen a clip or watched your show last night had to love every second of hearing David Stone say, Mizzou, them boys been talking too much. I want them. That is <laughs> that is music to my ears right now. And I think for Sooner Nation, <laughs> they love that too. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how, um, you know, the uh, the Sooner fan, obviously the Caden Green situation, and as Brandon said in the clip there, the williams Winery situation, stoked the flames of this uh, Twitter war. It, it did get ridiculous. And, and, look, it's always a few idiots who make a fan base look bad going on his dad's, you know, uh, on reviews of his insurance agency and everything. I mean, that's that's way, 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 way over the line. But how about the uh, the – comments from Caden Green, who basically said he was lied to, and now Eli Drinkwitz will treat him as a human. Yeah. How quickly the arc changes, doesn't it? From cult hero at the Cotton Bowl two months ago to villain, all-out villain, two months later, as a Missouri Tiger, no less. Uh, those comments were interesting. And look, while they might not have been specifically directed at Brent Venables and Oklahoma, you kind of have to be, well, I shouldn't say you have to be stupid because you have to want to see those comments for something other than shade at Oklahoma in order to see them that way. Like, you really have to shoehorn them into any other box because just reading through those comments from Caden Green on why he chose Missouri, it is extremely hard not to sense that in saying some of the things he said, he wasn't trying to take an underhanded dig at Brent Venables in Oklahoma on his way out the door. Yeah, and the uh, the tweet, and most of you saw it because everybody spends their entire day on Twitter now, uh, from Power Mizzou said, Incoming Mizzou transfer, Caden Green, on why he chose the Tigers. Quote, I think the biggest thing was Drink, the head coach. He was honest. He didn't lie to me. He treats me like I'm a human, and their program's on the rise. Wow. That was, uh, look, no human being is perfect. But Brent sets a pretty high standard. I, I don't think that Brent Venables would out, out lie to a kid. Where do you think that's coming from? Is he just trying to paint a different picture? Well, here's why I had to leave. You know, it wasn't, I don't know. Everybody in that situation, well, not everybody, but a lot of people will try and spin it, you know, more positively in their favor. And uh, 
I, I don't know. It, it was just a strange quote because Brent is about as straight shooter as you can get, unless he's got us all fooled. Yeah, how many people have ever dissed Brent Venables? Like, how many people have ever said something remotely resembling that about Brent Venables? And look, okay, I get it. Those comments aren't explicitly about Brent Venables. But once again, it's very difficult to understand what all has gone on over the last two weeks and not see some shade at OU and Brent Venables' throne underneath those comments. How many, how many people, how many players, how many coaches, how many families over the years have taken Brent Venables to task over anything? Anything. You know, I, I can't remember any others, to be honest with you, but I'm pretty forgetful. But I, I, I seriously can't. And I guess the only other guy that he could be talking about would be would be Bill Biedenboe, right? Uh, and look, those guys, what did Brent say? One of the things that Brent said whenever he took the job, we're going to coach him hard. We're going to coach you hard. We're going to love him harder. But, you know. They do coach him hard. Bill Biedenboe is a guy that's he's going to get after you, and uh, it's not going to be easy. But you look at his track record, the guys he's put in the NFL, the way he develops players. Guy knows what he's doing clearly. So I, I, you know, I just don't know any other way to take that. And it's it's one of the it's I it's it's one of the uh, turns from good guy to bad guy. The quickest i've ever seen you know in terms of the ou fan base and and look i know we're sick about talking about caden green i get it but this is a new quote from yesterday just trying to figure out you know uh what's behind it and sometimes you look at a quote and you just take it for what it is and he's basically trying to say again that hey you know what they weren't real truthful with me and uh, i wasn't treated like a human being so i i don't know um but from a guy that Sooner fans thought he's going to be the anchor of this offensive line, you know, for the next couple of years, All-American candidate, first-round draft pick material, uh, Caden Green is rock solid, man. This kid's the real deal. And then all of a sudden, boom, NIL, everything else comes into play. And uh, all of a sudden he went from, like, the, uh, the wrestling hero to the wrestling heel in, like, less than a week. <laughs> but I guess that's modern-day college football, right, Parker? Maybe. I mean, the transfer portal these days and NIL and all of what constitutes the new era of college football, man, it has given rise to some pretty astonishing villain arcs, and this is right up there near the top in the, what, five, six years that the transfer portal has been in existence, rarely if ever, have we seen a player go from as beloved among one fan base to as detested among one fan base? Yeah, it's it's uh, Mule Shoe 1 and uh, Caden Green probably 2 on the list, right? Uh, maybe surpassing Caleb yeah, at this point. Yeah, I mean, point. well, and look, I, like, I don't want to speak for everybody because I know there are very varying opinions across the fan base on it, but I think people understood Caleb Williams' decision, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he came to Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley, basically. And he played in the bowl game, too. Like, if he was going to leave, he did the right thing. He stuck it out through the end of the season. I think plenty of folks respected that and understood, okay, Caleb Williams came to Oklahoma not for Oklahoma but for Lincoln Riley. That's fine. If he needs to go his own way now that Riley is out the door, 
that's okay. There was no ostensible reason for Caden Green to leave Oklahoma. All right, the uh, David Stone soundbite, our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central Clinics in Norman, Midwest City, now a new Tri-City location, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. Their full-service clinics do a great job, great reputation as the best orthopedic and sports medicine clinics in the area. They do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. All right, let's let's uh, let's get the text line going. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405 405- Six five one thirty four thirty nine. We'll get to your texts, and uh, we're relying on you as we always do, Ref Army. Let's get it going next here on the Ref. Welcome back. December is always big. The holiday season at Riverwind Casino. So many great promotions. The one hundred K Frosty Fridays promotion. Get on out there, play with your wild card every day, particularly on Mondays and Tuesdays. And uh, get out there on Friday nights and uh, win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play. We have the Midnight Magic Madness happening New Year's Eve. Be thinking about New Year's Eve. And also, if you get the opportunity, even on Christmas Day, if you can break away and get out to Riverwind for a little bit, uh, play with your wild card. You can get 17 times the entries on Sundays for this big New Year's Eve drawing uh, be there, win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play on New Year's Eve. Grand prize winner, $20,240 in cash. It's going to be a big-time giveaway. Uh, we have shows at the Showplace Theater on the horizon as well, December 30th. Ron White, with his uh, great comedy, will be on the Showplace Theater stage. And then we have Midland with a New Year's Eve show Sunday, December 31st. That will start at 9 p.m. So you can have a great time out at Riverwind Casino. Uh, during the holidays on New Year's Eve, over uh, almost really right now 3,000 electronic games. They've got every single table game you're looking for, great poker room, off-track betting, smoke-free area, the Oasis area, gaming area. You've got the uh, Skyloft gaming area, great dining and bar options. What's not to love about Riverwind Casino? And if you haven't seen the new Riverwind, uh, newly renovated, you're missing out. The place uh, was great, and now it's even greater. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get 2D Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet, text line. A listener in the 615, that is Tennessee, says, Drinkwitz has such a punchable face, I wish him nothing but the worst. It is very punchable. I would agree with that. Very, very punchable. So, yes, I, I would. I concur. That's all I can say. Brent from Jenks says, my top five, Mule Shoe, KD, Reggie and Caden Green, Colin Cowturd, and Matt Leinert. Just can't stand the guy. Caleb is not on my list. Feel sorry for him, really. Okay, back here at Cavens Group. My my apologies again. Somehow we got zapped. You know what? Yeah, I, 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 I think it's Missouri. I think this is somebody in Missouri trying to sabotage this show. That's what I think. I tell you, man, you know what's actually kind of cool? Uh, it's what's annoying. That? It's annoying, the discourse on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But what is kind of cool is that it seems Williams Winery and Caden Green have fostered a legitimate new rivalry between Oklahoma and Missouri. Like These two fan bases are going to really be looking forward to this game next year. 
even more so than they already were. And, of course, Missouri gets the game in Columbia. But you know what? The Sooners just need to go there and win. They need to go there and win. Like I said, I've never seen a fan base that hasn't really won anything and has one of the worst athletic departments uh, in Power 5 history. I mean, really, when you look at what Missouri has won, there was a guy that was trying to tell me on Twitter, we won two conference division championships right off the bat in the SEC. Yeah, divisions. Congrats. Yeah, divisions. Yeah. I'm like, you're bragging about division championships? When you're hanging on to that, you know you don't have much to hang on to. And because of the idiocy of the current world we live in, there are a lot of, who's your best player ever, Michael Sam? No, you idiots. There were players before Michael Sam, like maybe the greatest tight end in NFL history, Kellen Winslow. I mean, it's just uh. – but, yeah, they are very annoying. They are very, very annoying. There is no doubt. Kellen Winslow right. played at Missouri? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Kellen Winslow, you know, senior, not junior. Yeah, sure. You know, effing soldier, that guy who was in prison, I believe, for a while. May yeah, still he might be still be. Might still be there. Yeah, that was interesting. But – Kellen Winslow uh, Sr. was a superstar. Uh, no doubt, I think one of the top five, you might even put him higher than that, tight ends in NFL history. You had Phil Bradley, you had Roger Worley back in the day. You, they had some players, and they've had recently some really good defensive ends in their history. But, I mean, like I said, man, it'd be like me going out and bragging about my golf game. Like, yeah, man, I shot 85 at Hefner South, man. Yeah, I mean. It's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Uh, here at Cavens Group, Gary, uh, I think, will be joining us a little bit later on. If you have an emergency, that's the name you need to remember. Cavens, C-A-B-I-N-S, Disaster Response uh, Group. If you have a, a pipe burst during an extreme winter situation, call Cavens. If you have mold in your home or business, call Cavens. you have a fire issue, uh, in your home, and we hope you don't have to deal with any of this. But if you do, call Cavens, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Like them, Cavens Group, on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like I said, they're putting out instructional videos and other stuff now, really uh, cool stuff to know. And, again, Gary and the uh, folks give back so much to the community as well. All right, uh, what did you think of the hoops game last night? Carolina wins 81-69 last night in Charlotte. Well, I'll tell you, Steely, I didn't get to catch the whole game. In fact, I only caught bits and pieces of it because we were doing the signing day special and that rolled all the way up until the final seven, eight minutes of the game, I think. But from what I did see, man, Oklahoma made too many mistakes to win. That much was evident. But really, really impressed with the fact that in what was essentially a road environment, they did put up a fight when a lot of other teams would have folded. Got that game to within five points in the last two minutes. And obviously, North Carolina pulled away with some free throws at the end. They end up winning by 12. But with as many mistakes as Oklahoma made and as one-sided as that crowd was in Charlotte, I found it quite impressive that the Sooners hung in there and that they fought and that they didn't let things spiral out of control, and that they did all they could to dig out of that hole and give themselves a chance to win in the final minutes. It didn't end up happening. Well, you know what? You're 10-1. and one. That's still far better than anybody expected you to be oh, yeah. at this no point doubt. in the year. So, you know, losing sucks. Nobody likes losing. 
And regardless of how you lose, seeing a seeing that zero turn into a one in the loss column, it's annoying. But even so, I still think there's a lot more to be excited about than concerned about with this OU basketball team, even with as imperfectly as they played last night. You know, I said the other day this is going to be a tough spot for Oklahoma. You know, Tar Heels had lost two in a row. They're coming back to play in Charlotte. Eric Montross had passed away. They honored him, you know, at the uh, at the game last night. And let's face it, R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott are two of the top 20 players in college basketball. You could even maybe go maybe go top 10 with both of them. But uh, they're, they're tough, man. They're very tough. And Carolina's big. They were inviting Oklahoma to drive and blocking a lot of shots. Sooners didn't knock down any threes in the first half. They were one of 10. They had 18 turnovers for the game to Carolina's nine. They missed eight free throws. Uh, in, in Carolina, you know, Carolina played a very rugged schedule, uh, including this matchup with Oklahoma now. So, again, you get Central Arkansas next uh, a week away. Then you get uh, Monmouth on New Year's Eve. That's a 2 o'clock tip. And then you open up in uh, January, January 6th against Iowa State. Should be 12-1, and and that's a great start. So, uh, Sooners again, I, I – you know, they're probably not the seventh best team in the country. They're probably somewhere between 12 and 20. And, uh, you know, you go 500. If you can get to 500 in conference play, go 12 and 1. You're, you're 21 and 10 or whatever, you know, in a very tough league. And maybe they can do a little bit better than, than 500. Then you can end up getting a decent seed in the NCAA tournament. They're, they're definitely, I believe, a tournament team. And Porter uh, has them on the right track. All right, 405-651. 3439. That is the Knippel Chevrolet text line number. Let's get back there. To the text line we go. A, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to say this name correctly. I've never heard of this player. Shark says, come on, Steelman. Steve Pisarkovich at quarterback. Steve Pisarkovich, yes, you were very close. Pretty good. I'll take it. Not bad. Not bad. But yeah, and uh, I, you know, I never really had a problem with Missouri. I kind of like the uniforms, you know. And uh, it's a great journalism school. But once you know somebody starts bragging about something when they've really not done anything, that gets annoying. And uh, that's oh, it appears we've lost Steely again. Well, that's no good. We'll get reconnected. He'll get reconnected. Uh, we'll go back to the text line here, and I suppose I will filibuster in his stead. Sooner Warrior says, Dominic McKinley update. Yeah, the expectation is that the four-star defensive lineman who is committed to Texas A&M is not going to sign in the early signing period. Oklahoma, one of several schools that's going to attempt to flip him down the stretch. And I like where the Sooners stand relative to some of the other contenders, but he does have visits booked in the month of January to LSU and Tennessee. So uh, nothing is for certain, and I don't think anything will be certain or even immediately apparent until the final couple weeks of January at the earliest. Uh, Steely, are you back? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, it's weird. I'm, and the Drake is on with me, too. Drake, thank you. Um, yeah, the whole time I was still at 99 on both sides. Something's happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear, but I still think it has something to do with a plot from Columbia, Missouri. Just my opinion. So, sorry about that. Yeah, let's keep them rolling. 
Reno Goat says, did y'all know Drinkwitz was bored in Norman? Steely could have bounced him on his knee back in 84. What? Yeah, yeah, no, you know, that's a thing. I think I actually did hear that a long time ago, but my old man memory erased it already. So the the enemy was born in Norman. Yes, Steely. A turncoat. Oh, man. I don't know. Is uh, you never expect to have a freaking rivalry with Missouri, right? People say no rivalry. We beat them a bunch of times, you know. And I get that. It's kind of like with Oklahoma State. But also, if you hate losing to them, I mean, it like it drives you insane if you lose to them. That's that's still a rivalry. Again, may not be a competitive rivalry, but that's a rivalry. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I did hear that a while back, and I completely lost it in the old man memory tank, which is empty quite often. All right, we've got time for a lot more, 405-651-3439. Uh, 856 listener says, Missouri fans still mad about the Chris Chester winning TD in Columbia. <laughs> what a great, great day. As Bob Stoops would say, hey, great execution. And... Um, that was that was definitely a memorable play back in the day, and the uh, the beatdowns, the uh, Chase Daniel victories were always fun. But although hey, Chase Daniel had a clipboard for a, a good solid decade plus, how many years did Chase Daniel have that clipboard for? Like a dozen years in the NFL? It was more than a dozen years. When I think it, it's been like fourteen years. Yeah, did he retire? I have to Google it up. Did he retire, or is he still going? I think he finally is retired, right? Let me go ahead and Google him up. Jay in Tulsa says, I guess that talk to my dad quote from Caden Green on the way out of the dorm definitely took a turn, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, He was last with the uh, Chargers at uh, the end of last year. So for Chase Daniel, uh, it was... 13 years in the league. There you go. And he won a Super Bowl, of course, too. So, Sean says, does this mean Steely will be picking Missouri each week in the Ref Royal Rumble? <laughs> I, I will not. But like I said, I'm not just going to sugarcoat every game and just say, well, I don't think Oklahoma's going to win, but i got to tell the fans I think Oklahoma's going to win. I'm not that guy, all right? Like I said, check my credentials. Where was I born? Norman frickin' Oklahoma, Well, right? just like Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz was a turncoat. I have not turned coat on anybody and won't. So, anyway. All right. I think we got time for just a couple more. Gary's here, by the way, which is good. Lane in California says Blaine Gabbert has held the clipboard probably longer. Yeah, Gabbert's still hanging Gabbert's, out. I have no yeah. idea how. Well, you had Drew Locke with the uh, Monday Night Football magical uh, – uh, throw the other night, you know, that basically won the game, obviously, for Seattle, too. So, And he's a uh, he is a Lee Summit kid. Is he really? Yeah, Drew Locke. I did not know that. I know. Lee Summit's everywhere. Has Jamar Mosey, has he, uh, is he like an American spy who is, who's been corrupted by the Russians now? Do we know? I do not know. Okay. I, well, we I need to check make and make judgment. sure. We need to make sure. Okay, uh, here at Cavens Group on 
a Thursday. We're always out here. Gary's here. Uh, hopefully, you don't need services from Cavens Group because that means you've had an issue in your home, water, fire, mold, storm damage, you know, crime scene, any of that stuff is not good. But you want the best to help you get back on your feet and clean everything up for you, and that group is this one right here, Cavens Group, the best in the business, best reputation, give back to the community. They've got the most teams, the most highly skilled and most trained teams to deal with any emergency situation. And in the metro area, it's 405-573-3048. And in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. All right, more of your texts coming up in the next hour. We'll talk a little more uh, here from Porter Moser on the uh, Sooner loss to Carolina last night. A lot more on Oklahoma's recruiting class as well. We are one week away from the Alamo Bowl and really the official start of the JFA era there in San Antonio. We'll talk about that as well. We've got the Thunder and the Clippers tonight. Uh, Clippers have won nine straight. Will the Thunder take care of business? They're second in the West. Clippers are fourth. Should be a good game. But we have another hour to get to your texts and more, so keep it right here on the ref. And as always, happy to be talking with you. Hour number two is presented by the good people at Oklahoma Generator. Check them out online at okgen.com. Call 405-321-6631. That's 405-321-6631. And uh, be thinking about, man, if you don't have a generator, you never know what can happen during the winter months. You know, we could get one of those nasty ice storms, which are really no fun. You don't want to be stuck uh, without power. Go check out the line of generators they have at Oklahoma Generator. They're Oklahoma's highest rated and longest operating Generac dealer, offering new customer discounts and a free 10-year warranty with new installs at Oklahoma Generator. OKGen.com, 405-321-6631. Hey, for one second... More than one second, but I want to say happy retirement to one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, Craig Humphreys uh, finished up a a 31-year career in the sports radio business, one of the pioneers, um, you know, in the business, and one of the best human beings on the planet. Just one of the uh, kindest, big-hearted people who uh, always worked hard, was always supportive, and uh, Craig Stepped away today and uh, love him, love his wife, Bev, Sam, uh, also, and they're a great family, and I want to wish him the very best. And keep Bev Humphreys in your prayers because she is dealing with some pretty serious cancer right now, and uh, we need your help there. So please put her on a prayer list if you would. That would be appreciated. Okay, Parker, um, what would you say is the thing – about this Sooners 2024 recruiting hall that people need to be talking more about? Because, you know, everybody, hey, David Stone, awesome, five-star defensive lineman. We got this kid. We got Taylor Tatum, Eddie Pierre, Louis, you know, great offensive guard, Devon Mitchell, you know, all of this stuff, the defensive line class. Is there anything, though, 
kind of floating out there that you think, man, people should probably be talking a little bit more about this part of the class. How about the job that Brandon Hall and Jay Valai did recruiting the secondary? Man, seven commits, all of them blue chips. So all of them at least four-star dudes. Michael Patterson-McDonald, Jaden Hardy, Michael Boganowski, Reggie Powers at the safety position. Then you have three excellent lockdown corners in Devon Jordan, in Eli Bowen, and in Jeremiah Newcomb out of the state of Arizona. Man, Valai and Hall have very quietly made stuff happen through their first two years on staff at Oklahoma. When it comes to recruiting, you're starting to see the benefits on the field. Guys like Peyton Bowen and Josiah Wagner making early noise. And you can only imagine that once these guys get in the system – Uh, spend a year, maybe two, getting accustomed to the physical and cognitive demands of playing football at the University of Oklahoma and in the SEC, the Sooners are going to have quite the secondary group. Oh, we lost Steely again. Wow. Can't catch a break. Okay, let's get to the text line from a listener in the 918. Quit wasting time talking about someone who is not with the program and who is at misery. Get over it. Yeah, look, we're not wasting time. What's news is news. And guess what? The kid that transferred from Oklahoma to Missouri, he had a very newsworthy quote last night. We spent some time talking about it. We haven't talked about it in half an hour. So I don't know if you're listening via Internet Explorer or what, but we have long moved past that discussion. A listener in the 405 says, just saw a guy in the grocery store parking lot with a Mizzou hoodie and felt a certain kind of way. Never felt this before. What am I supposed to do or say? Need help. Well, look, if you're looking for a silver lining amidst this whole ordeal, it is that that November 9th matchup with Missouri next year, guess what? It suddenly has a lot more intrigue now than it ever did. I mean, when we were talking about Oklahoma's permanent opponents and their year one in the SEC, the opponents on the 2024 schedule, the road trips in particular, man, I remember the common theme amongst the conversations we had was, well, okay, Ole Miss will be a great trip. Uh, Auburn will be a great trip. Baton Rouge, that'll be fun. But Columbia, Missouri, how how much entertainment value is there in going to Columbia, Missouri? Well, make no mistake, when the Sooners go to Columbia, Missouri next November 9th, oh boy, there will be a lot of entertainment value. Steely, we got oh, you yeah. back. We're marching. We're marching on Columbia. There's no doubt we're marching on Columbia. We're not, we're not even going to take a flight. We're just marching in that direction. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have no idea what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here, but uh, the equipment gremlins are getting after us today. Plank City had some issues as well, but we're doing our best. Uh, so I asked you about the portal. I don't know if that conversation had cut off, but it, any news on, like, Geno Vandermark or the uh, kid from North Texas? I still expect Oklahoma to land both of them, and to be quite honest with you, I'm surprised there hasn't been an, a- an announcement from either of those two yet. Very hmm. surprised. So Oklahoma will get OU Geno then? I believe Oklahoma will end up getting OU Geno, yes. There you go. Nice. All right, 405 651 3439, Chevrolet text line. That's 405 651 3439. KW918 says maybe it's Greg Sankey playing fifth dimensional chess. Oh, Missouri isn't a rival for you guys? Really? 
Watch this. Lose Winarian Green. Now we despise them. Rivalry is on. Yeah. Um, who would have Who would have thought, right, that uh, a lot of the, uh, the energy from the Sooner fan base would be directed at Missouri? But, you know, it's uh, – like I said – I'm a firm believer that, uh, and maybe this is an old school mentality, you know, but the nerds belong in the locker when they come out of the locker and start talking on stuff they have no business talking about. Then that nerd needs to be stuffed back into the locker. There needs to be order in a society, all right? And that's how you restore order right there. The nerd... Back in the locker. Okay, go ahead. Missouri desperately trying to create a rivalry with someone, says a 918 listener. It's very sad they have no tradition. Well, they had that long-standing rivalry. Wasn't it the longest-running series, Missouri and Kansas, for a long time? Yeah, and Somebody Missouri left. Go- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that you like? About I'm talking about the university. The state of Missouri, there are parts that are very, very pretty and all of that stuff. But is there anything that you think is somewhat likable about the University of Missouri? Journalism school, great reputation. But, um, you know, I guess the color scheme, some of the uniform combos look all right. Anything else? No, I, listen, I had no real reason to have a distaste for Missouri and their fans until the whole Winnery ordeal. And now I'm like, okay, these people suck. Like, these people are chronically annoying and have an overinflated ego about their football program, which, yes, has never done anything. Never done anything save win division titles in the SEC. You know how many Big 12 titles Missouri owned before they left for the SEC? Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it got bad the other day. It, it was so bad. There was this one. Wow. And he's gone again. Back to the text line. 918 listener. Missouri, cry laughing emoji. This year's TCU. They'll disappear for another 20 years next year. A 469 listener pointed out they ducked Kansas in the bowl game because they were scared. They should be banned from talking. Yeah, I remember Lance Leipold. And Lance Leipold is generally not a guy to get dragged into beef. He's very old school. But he made a comment over the summer. I can't remember what show he was on or what podcast he was on. But he basically said, yeah, we were supposed to play Missouri in bowl season last year. And then they uh, decided they wanted no part of that. (laughs) A listener in the... 972 says, so Steely, just curious, how long did it take you to get out of the locker the last time you were stuffed in one? I have to ask him about that when we get him connected again. I have never been stuffed in a locker. I can imagine it is not a pleasant experience because if your lockers were anything like my lockers that I had in high school, they were not very spacious. Uh, Wichita Sooner says, it's not news to read what some kid said after leaving OU. It's entitlement and drama, which is what people feed off these days. Okay, Wichita Sooner, but it is. People are talking about it. 
People have opinions. People are weighing in on social media. Like it, it was a quote that picked up a ton of steam, both in the Missouri circle and the Oklahoma circle last night when Caden Green said, yeah, I like what I like about drink is that he treats me like a human and doesn't just I, I, I can't remember offhand what exactly he said, but said, oh, it was that he doesn't lie to me. He didn't lie to me. He treated me like a human. And obviously a lot of Oklahoma fans, I think justifiably, interpreted that as shade towards Brent Venables and the Oklahoma football program. Steely, you there? Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I firmly believe, as I've said, these this is uh, the workings of a, a group in Columbia right now. No doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, we still have, you want to get one more in? Yeah, we sure can. Whoa, you're okay. getting a call from Craig Humphreys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on the air, Hump. Wait to the break. <laughs> Two legends on the phone. Jeff from OKC says, I once lived in Missouri and went to a few games. They claim they invented homecoming. What? They claim they invented homecoming? It's a very Missouri thing. Oh, I guess Steely's gone again. Okay, well, we'll hit a break. We'll try to stabilize that connection. And when we return, well, I don't really know what Steely has planned on the other side. I'm sure we'll answer more of your texts. I'm sure we will continue to discuss the transfer portal as Oklahoma continues their pursuit of a couple of top targets on the offensive line and elsewhere. Keep it here. This is Steely and Thune at noon on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the Homa Sooner fans. Okay, we're back. We'll see for how long. We're uh, we're doing our best, folks. I apologize. We never have any issues out here at Cavens Group with your Ethernet. It is uh, it's it's uh, it's with another company. I'll just say that. How's that? Oh it's no, not a we need issue. It's not a ref issue. The there you go. Well, that's right. That's we're right. Just talking about yeah, that. I know. <laughs> Maybe a salesman needs to stop by today. David Goodspeed, we need you. Gary Cabins, ladies and gentlemen, is here. And, folks, again, I apologize. I know, you know, I'm on for two minutes, and some of you guys are probably happy that I'm not on, you know, to, to get Steely off there anyway. But uh, I know it's hard to listen when stuff like this is happening. But, Gary, uh, let's talk about what's going on with Cabins right now. And, you know, so far, I you can't really say it's winter yet, but winter is coming. It still feels kind of like, man, we haven't had a lot of cold days yet, but you know they're coming, and that means pipes breaking, you know, making sure you keep your, uh, as you've said, all the heat distributed in your home where it needs to be because that's how you get some of these pipes breaking and bursting and flooding. Uh, what What do people need to be thinking about right now, in your opinion, more than anything else? You know, it's, it, we're headed into uh, Christmas here real quickly. we got a few days away from Christmas and stuff. So, you know, I mean, right now we're dealing with a lot of, um, uh, like last night, we had a, a break-in at a local business. So we went out and we did some emergency board-ups and stuff like that um, at 2 o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, we you, you still have some pipe breaks that aren't water, that aren't freeze-based. You know, sometimes plumbing lines decay and break and flood businesses and, um, you know, we have fires and we have um, crime scene cleanup and just all kinds of stuff going on. So we have people on call Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We have crews available. If emergency does happen during that time, we're able to respond. So we're but we're here to help, you know, when something happens. 
You know, uh, you guys, you got crews out all the time on a lot of jobs. You're the, uh, you know, this, you set the standard here in this area, no doubt about it. People have issues, they're going to call cabins. But you've also got a lot of people out training all the time as well. Why so much training? You know, the training is super important to us at Cavens because here's the deal. When we respond to an emergency, we want it to be second nature to our team. We want our team to be able to uh, just react, respond, muscle memory, and get it done. And the more cross-training cross training and development we do on all of our stuff, the better our team gets at doing that. Um, you know, it's it's we had a compliments on an emergency board up we did last night. The um, out-of-state holding company called us and said, hey, we need our, our facility was broken into. We need it boarded up. We responded. We got it done. They called us back this morning. They said, hey, you guys were your guys were so professional. They had all the tools. They had all everything they needed to do the job. They were in. They were out. They were done. They go, it was the most amazing experience we've ever had with a, with an emergency response team. So just, and they, they just said, thank you so much, and tell all your guys, thank you for all that they did. And that's what we do, and that's the training we do, so that when we respond, that's how we respond. You know, uh, somebody had said, I am definitely calling Cabins the next time I had an emergency, because I had an emergency in the past, and I called a place, and they said, leave your number, and we'll get back to you as soon as you can. That's not what you need in an emergency situation. You get a live human on the line when they call you, right? A hundred percent. hundred percent of the time, we have live people that are Cavens team's, team members that answer answer the phones 24-7-365. Last night, it happened to be me that was on call, and I was the one that answered the phone at 2 o'clock in the morning. So I don't ask my people to do anything that I'm not willing to do, um, and uh but we're here, and if you call us, you're going to talk to a live person uh, 24-7, 365, and we're going to respond, and we're going to help. And it's about retention here at Cavens Group, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody here is leaving for the transfer portal That's because right. there's no better place to go. 100%. That's what it's all about. Gary, we appreciate you. Anything else you need to uh, let people know about? No, we're just here to help 24-7, 365. If you have a water, fire, mold, crime scene cleanup, uh, emergency board up or structural emergency, just give us a call. We're ready to help. You guys have more uniform changes than the Oregon Ducks now, too. That's another new one. That we is do. impressive, man. Yes. Look at that. Yes, we have. We actually uh, have brought in several new uniforms <laughs> over the last month, and uh, the crew has uh, a bunch of change outs right now. Very nice. Gary, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Gary Cabins. All right, folks, let's get back to the text line. I, and like I said, I I apologize for some of the technical issues we've had today. I know it's extremely frustrating, Parker. I know on your end, too. But we're doing the best we can out here. It's not a Cabins issue. It's not a ref issue. It's a uh, company issue with somebody else. Rhymes with Fox. Whoa, All right, hello. Uh, let's go back to the – well, there are a number of things that <laughs> rhyme with Fox. That is true. That is true. Not saying enough without saying too much. Um, this listener that I want to says, supposedly with Mizzou, it's the oldest homecoming that's their claim to fame. My son-in-law is a Mizzou alum and is heavily invested in their sports teams. He makes homecoming most years and another one or two games in a season. They were a play away against middle Tennessee, K state and Florida from another seven and five season. I root for them in the name of family harmony, but that changes next November. I've never had a Missouri issue until now, you know, and, uh, you know, I remember some of the great games with Missouri. Somebody brought up the uh, Chris Chester TD. I remember Little Joe, Little Joe's 
uh, go, Joe, go, Mike Trapp's call uh, in Columbia. Joe Washington, eh, you know, if uh, on further review, maybe that two-point play didn't actually didn't get in the end zone. But you know what? The Sooners won that game. They won some uh, dramatic games against Missouri. Missouri used to grow up the grass out there, too, at uh, Faroe Field when Oklahoma would come in when they were running the wishbone, trying to slow the Sooners down a little bit. But they didn't slow down Joe Washington on that long touchdown run, that's for sure. Lost City Sooner says cutting. All right, 405. Go ahead. I said, well, Lost City Sooner says cutting wood and listening to the KREF show. Can't do that without the app. Thanks to the ref. There you go. I like it. Hardworking man, listen to the ref right there. Hardworking Sooner fan. The ref army is pretty darn good, I must say. What did you think again, and I know what you're going to say, but going after uh, Caden Green's dad's reviews. And again, when this happens, you know, people think, oh, those Oklahoma fans are the worst, and that's like 1% of the fan base. But the issue is... When it spreads like wildfire all over social media, it makes the entire fan base look bad. It does. Good-natured stuff, okay, you know, ribbing each other, that's fine, but that's, I mean, that's LSU fan territory. Yeah, it's Well, you know what he said, Brent Light. You know what? You don't have to stoop to that level. You don't have to. That is something Missouri fans would do. Do not stoop to the level of Missouri fans, please. All right, you want to get uh, some more in? Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. And uh, as usual, it's it's jam-packed. An evergreen text from a 405 listener. I'm just glad we got rid of that squirrel mule shoe. <laughs> oh, man. SC, has the, uh, has the Titanic broken apart or what? I mean, it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. It's not unsalvageable yet, but it's verging in that direction. My question is, if the Los Angeles Chargers want Mule Shoe to be their next head coach, does he bounce? I think he does. Which would be hilarious because he did that interview earlier in the offseason. He was like, hell no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm coaching at USC next year. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, and uh, I, it would be great. It would be great if that happened because he would have to go back on his word again. And uh, I don't know. I, I just like would like to get the man out of college football myself so you don't have to worry about him anymore somehow weaseling his way into a championship, which, again, I think would be a very remote possibility. But, um, golly, you talk about. Uh, Damani Jackson, Taggett Curtis, Malachi Nelson, you know, Relique Brown, Mario Williams. Who was the edge guy that just left, too? Um, uh, oh, Corey, Corey Foreman is who you're thinking of. Corey Foreman, yeah. Um, wow. And what I, I saw that SC was between, like, 15 and 18 in most services, right, with this class. Someone in that range? Yeah, it's it's decent. It's not great. And they lost a four-star wide receiver commit on signing day yesterday to Oregon. So, 
to Oregon. Yeah, I saw that, man. Oregon, who is who is paying out the most tonight? Is it Ole Miss in Oregon now? It's still Oregon, but Ole Miss is making stuff happen with that NIL fund there of theirs. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right, we are here at Cavens Group on a Thursday again, folks. I, I apologize for some of the technical issues. Uh, it is a, it's an issue in the area. Uh, it's not with Cavens. It's not with the ref. I know it's frustrating, but we're doing our best. And again, we uh, welcome your texts as always. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. All right, when we get back, we're going to hear from Brent Venables on uh, recruiting against better competition in the SEC. We'll hear what Brent had to say when we get back right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It is a Cavens Group Thursday. Appreciate everybody out there sending their texts in. Knippemeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. And thanks to Oklahoma Generator for sponsoring our second hour. We appreciate them. OKGen.com, 405-321-6631. It's a new ball game for the Sooners. Somebody was asking me, why aren't the Sooners listed in the SEC right now football-wise? Because they aren't officially in the SEC until I believe it's July. Uh, because you're still playing basketball against the Big 12. You're still playing, obviously, even uh, women's softball and everything on the horizon. So uh, I believe it is like the first week in July when the the official transition begins. So... There you go. All right, speaking of the SEC, Brent was asked yesterday at his signing day presser what it's like, how he approaches recruiting maybe differently, and uh, how he feels like they're doing now because you're you're not only, you know, you're not recruiting against the Tiny 12 as much. You're recruiting, obviously, against better competition in the SEC. Here's what Brent had to say about that subject. It's a very real competition and one that isn't, just going to go away. You're going to win some and not win some, but you need to win more than, than you lose. And so uh, um, everybody here uh, in, the, in the program, from the president all the way to the athletic director, and then everybody else, uh, the recruiting staff, the coaches, the families, the players, everybody, there's a real commitment to it. Uh, I don't think there's anybody here that, uh, that, that doesn't recognize, you know, what's in front of us right now. Uh, recruiting's always been competitive, but you're going to go to a, a, a conference now uh, that the resources are very real everywhere you go uh, that are either every bit as good, if not better, than what you have. So uh, you got to be resourceful, uh, certainly uh, got to be committed to our philosophy. You know, we want to, as college football is becoming more and more transactional, we want to continue to be a relational. I believe that has, you know, longevity and sustainability. Uh, but at the same time, things have changed uh, dramatically in the last uh, three years in college football. That goes without saying. And the fluidity of, of rosters is a very real thing. The lack of stability of rosters is a very real thing. And so we've got to be adjustable and adaptable and, and be aggressive along the way, not just reactive, but be proactive. And I believe that's the, the, the vision and the philosophy that is shared throughout our university community. There you go. Brent Venables uh, talking about what it's like now. You're recruiting against uh, more heavyweights, certainly, with uh, budgets like you have, and maybe more in some cases. Look at what Ole Miss is doing right now. 
Uh, we know that Bama and Georgia have resources. Texas has always had resources, and Oklahoma has good resources too. But uh, you are dealing with uh, a bunch of giants now. You know what could change the dynamic, Parker Thune, in the SEC? Maybe it happens sooner than later, pardon the pun, but over the next two or three years for sure, and maybe before that, you never know, is what happens with Nick Saban at Alabama and potentially what happens with Kirby Smart at Georgia. Because all the rumors about, well, maybe Kirby Smart would take the Atlanta Falcons job, right? Well, why would he leave Georgia? You know, already won a couple national championships. Well, we played a soundbite not long ago where Kirby Smart was talking about what? Coaches in college football, there are a lot of those coaches who finally have decided, man, this is year-round. I don't get to see my family. This recruiting never ends. The portal never ends. I mean, it might end for a week or so. but And they're moving to the NFL because the NFL, you know, can pay them maybe as much or in some cases more money, and they actually have a life outside of football. Now, not that the NFL coaches don't spend a lot of time in the office too, but college football coaching and recruiting especially, and in this NIL era, is busier than it's ever been for these coaches, man. And Kirby Smart was talking about that. Nick Saban, what if he wins a a championship this year? What if Bama wins it all? They very easily obviously could. They're in the playoff. Jalen Milrow is a better quarterback and certainly is a huge running threat, and you saw what they did against Georgia. Would Nick Saban finally decide, you know what, I guess I've done enough. Let's pass the torch. So I think paying attention to what happens there with both those coaches is going to be interesting over the next uh, couple years. Yeah, well, look, obviously Saban and Smart are the evil masterminds, if you will, and they aren't evil, but like they – I should remove that adjective altogether. They are the masterminds behind the dynasties. Well, the dynasty that is Alabama in Saban's case and the pseudo dynasty that is slash has been Georgia in Kirby Smart's case. If and when those two move on from their current institution, things are going to change. Like the power dynamic is naturally going to change in the SEC because both those schools will probably get more than adequate replacements, whoever that may be. But you, Nick Saban is not somebody you replace one for one. Kirby Smart is not somebody you replace one for one. So I think the best you can hope for if you're one of those other SEC programs and you're wanting to see Alabama and Georgia spiral down to your level rather than having to gradually come up to theirs, and yeah, you'd like to see Saban right off into the sunset in the next few years. You'd like to see Kirby Smart maybe make the jump to the NFL. Until that happens, though, I think it's going to be a case where Another program has to build themselves up to a point where they are ready to compete with Alabama and Georgia rather than counting on Alabama and Georgia to regress to the mean and come back down to earth. In yeah, a sense. I agree. Totally agree. And who's that program going to be? Is it going to be Oklahoma? Is it going to be Texas? Is it going to be LSU? Could it be Ole Miss, you know, with all their resources now uh, that they're throwing into the portal and recruiting more than ever? Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Oklahoma's in that next tier below uh, right now, and they're in a mix with, you know, uh, some of the teams that we just mentioned. Who would be – because I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to hold their own. I'm not saying they're going to go to the league and win it next year, and I think Oklahoma's still on the right track. But 
who would be the, uh, let's say if you go Georgia and Texas, Oklahoma and Texas in that second tier, who's the biggest threat to those guys? I'm talking about OU and Texas to really challenge Georgia and Bama if you had to pick one of those schools right now. If I had to pick one, it's probably LSU. Um, yeah. Tennessee seemed to be trending towards that territory, and then they kind of they had an outstanding 2022 season. Expectations were high in 2023. They didn't fall drastically short of those expectations, but they also really didn't live up to them either. So I think the jury's still out on Tennessee. I think Auburn under Hugh Freeze has that potential, as does Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin. But LSU is the program that I would circle right now as the one with the most potential in that category. Florida had a rough day yesterday. How bad did that get? Florida is in dire straits right now. Dire straits. And basically, what's holding that all together is the fact that they have a five-star quarterback now signed in DJ Lagway. I'm just consider this: last year, Florida had a five-star quarterback sign with them, then request a release from his letter of intent, and end up going to Arizona State. Of course, that was the culmination of the Jaden Rashada soap opera. But if there was a world in which DJ Lagway didn't end up at Florida, some way, somehow. I don't think it's out of the question that they would run Billy Napier off the ranch because there is not a lot to be excited about right now with that Florida football program. They are in bad, bad shape. Wasn't uh, Mule Shoes trying to slither and snake his way in there with DJ Lagway at the he last was. minute? He was. And Lagway did not listen to the snake hissing in his ear. By the way, before we get to a break, uh, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, last clip on our sheet. Old Eli, Eli, Eli O, Eli Drinkwitz made some comments on Sirius XM Radio the other day. And uh, talking about, man, this is really becoming a problem at the 11th hour. All these weasels trying to sneak in and steal these prospects. Here's what uh, Eli Drinkwitz had to say again, on Sirius XM yesterday on National Signing Day about uh, trying to fight people off for, you know, uh, commitments at the last minute. I think something that I encountered in the last 48 hours, which was completely new to me, was a lot of schools are now just calling within the last 48 hours of the kids signing and throwing out crazy numbers to try to get them just to sign with them uh, on signing day. And they're using utilizing uh, – you know, NIL packages as the main motivation, which is exactly what we decide we did not want to happen. We do not want NIL to be an inducement, but it is a factor in the recruiting process. And um, again, until we get some sort of uniformed, uh, I, I'm again, I'm a hundred percent for our student athletes earning uh, money mm-hmm. for the product that they put on the field. Again, the 12 team playoff is a one billion dollar media opportunity and so these players all deserve it but it is definitely becoming more and more of a hot topic in every living room that you sit in in every recruit that you try to recruit hmm how do you like that oh i drink is such never mind never mind i'm not i'm not not gonna say what i want to say not gonna say what i want to say 
but Loco, I'll I'll let Loco Ohio say it on the text line. He says, "Pot meat kettle." <laughs> well done, Loco. Well done. All right, let's take a break right here. We'll come back and we'll try and uh, work as many texts in as we can. Thursday at Cavens, and uh, appreciate you guys being patient today. Uh, we've had a couple technicals issues, not on our end or in Cavens' issues. It's on a, another. Um, entities end companies end do you hear staley using the word entity who's he think he is parker thune Jeez. all right we'll be right back keep it here on the ref we are back here at cabin's group appreciate gary jessica amanda everybody out here chris roofing inspections and they're great in uh, that regard as well Cavens Group, great reputation, and uh, like I said, we hope you never run into uh, these issues that we talk about that they're so great at fixing, but they are the best. And uh, if you do have, you know, water intrusion, uh, storm damage, fire, you know, uh, damage, Cavens is the place that you need to know about because they are the best at what they do. And we always appreciate being out here. Classy folks out here at Cavens, 405 573-3048, 918-282-7900. 573-3048, Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like their uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. They've got a lot of instructional videos and stuff you need to know about there. And uh, just appreciate Gary and the crew out here as always. Okay, Ref Army doing a great job. They've been very patient today. And uh, lighten up that text line, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. Let's do it. Slick Sooner says, drink sounding like a politician, publicly condemning exactly what you're doing behind closed doors. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a pretty good way to put it. I agree. Jeff from OKC says, <laughs> will that Dorkwitz clip be making another appearance on Friday? There is uh, wait. There's there's a hardcore listener right there. I would say that is the clubhouse favorite right now. That has the lead in the clubhouse, yes. This listener in the 405 asks, who do I call or talk to about advertising on the ref? Well, you've come to the right place. We will put you in touch with Perry the sales guy. He will be happy to converse with you. Uh, K-Dub in the 918 says, did you all see Chip Kelly's idea to fix football? Simply brilliant. I have been saying for a while, college football should be its own entity and all should be independent. Gets old playing the same teams over and over. I I did see it, and uh, i trying to think, did we play that sound clip earlier in the week? I think we did. I thought it was a great idea. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it, it's almost, you know, when you look at, I guess Florida State and Clemson would have been the only schools really that that were outside the SEC and the Big Ten in terms of recruiting classes. Am I leaving somebody else out? Notre Dame, I guess. Well, Notre Dame would be one. But, I mean, it's it's big business, and unless there's some changes made uh, illegally, I don't know how quickly they could go about that. And, again, if you want to get a system where – you know, there's slotted numbers for whatever, you know, whatever position or whatever. That's got to be collectively bargained, and there's no way that's going to happen. Uh, you know what? Let's get together and decide on all this stuff. 
It, the genie is so far out of the bottle, it's not going back in. I just hope, again, that we we don't get further down this very bumpy road right now and go, man, we destroyed the best sport we had. We destroyed it with greed and uh, and everything else. It's kind of like watching college basketball, and I still love college basketball. But watching college basketball last night, and I was watching, uh, I, I got bored the other day. I was wait, Shay was working late, and we were going to watch a show, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to watch a 30 for 30 while I'm waiting on her. So I watched the uh, Jim Balbano Championship. I can't remember what it was called. but And and they showed, you know, Michael Jordan. They were playing against Ralph Sampson, Mark Price, Virginia, you know, at Georgia Tech, and Lynn Bias back in the day. College basketball was on a completely, completely different level. I mean, the MJ, Sam Perkins, James Worthy, Carolina teams, uh, you know, a lot of those great teams back in the day would absolutely wipe the floor with the Carolina team we saw last night. Wouldn't be a contest. But we went after college basketball, and it became about the money, and it became about the NBA and leaving early and everything. And it doesn't happen that way everywhere. But it just, again, it turned college basketball mainly into a sport where people care about the tournament more than anything else. Blue of Green Country says, rules need to leave non-Power 5 teams out of the playoffs, period. F Liberty and other teams. Listen, no Liberty slander will be tolerated here. That's my wife's alma mater. And guess what? They won every single game they played in 2023. So, Listen, I I am never going to advocate for the diminishing of a resume that does not include a loss. I don't care what schedule you play. I don't care what level you play. Winning every single game over the course of a college football season is impressive and deserves to be rewarded. Now, is Oregon probably going to beat Liberty handily? Yes, but... The fact that those Liberty players will be rewarded with a trip to, what are they playing in the Fiesta Bowl? A trip to Phoenix and a spot in the New Year's Six for doing a, and completing a very difficult task in winning every single one of the 13 games they played. No, those kids deserve that. That, team's de- that team deserves that. You know me, Parker Thune. I say keep the nerds stuffed in the locker. That's just me. But no, it'll be interesting. Uh, what What is the point spread, I wonder, on that game? I haven't looked recently. It's got to be uh, quite significant. Uh, TJ's here, and the dog started barking immediately because he has a certain scent about him. It says, I'm going on vacation soon. No, I guess that's T-Row, right, tomorrow? T-Row did have a, a very vigorous uh, work schedule this week, though travel-wise. So he deserves a day, don't we all? All right, appreciate Gary, appreciate everybody out here at Cabins. Apologize for some of the technical issues. You know, we, we ironed them out finally over the last 45 minutes or so, but thanks for your patience today. We appreciate that. Thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. We will be out there tomorrow. So much to do out at the newly renovated Riverwind. They're giving away nearly 315 thousand dollars during the holiday season and that's in addition to all the jackpots that will be won out there at riverwind we'll see you from riverwind tomorrow can't wait to get out there all right stay tuned we're going to get locked in up next